0: Yeah, g'day mate, you're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Health and air pollution in New Zealand is an ongoing study which began in 2007 evaluating the effects of air pollution on human health across New Zealand as well as the resulting social costs of two New Zealanders. Earlier this month, a third installment of the study was published. The results of this latest study came as a surprise to researchers who had underestimated the effects of air pollution in the country. The authors of the study, Kushal et al., concluded that human-made air pollution in New Zealand was responsible for approximately 3,300 premature deaths per year and social costs of $15.6 Dr. Simon Kingham, who was the Chief Science Advisor to the Ministry of Transport, was a principal author on the original study, which began in 2007. I spoke with Simon about the concerning results of the latest study, as well as some of the policy solutions to the nitrogen dioxide pollution caused by transport. In in Simon's eyes, the policies aiming to fix the problem of air pollution and greenhouse gas emissions will also help create a better society along the way. Here's our conversation. So, ora, Simon. Thanks so much for joining me, mate. Health and air pollution in New Zealand is an ongoing study. The latest installment, 3.0, of the study yeah. came out earlier this, earlier this month. Even though you are no longer a principal author, could you still tell us a, a little bit about the latest one and what yeah. have we learned from this one? Were the results surprising in any, any way? or Were they tracking along quite consistently with the previous two installments of the study?
1: So the new study is is surprising because the numbers of people being affected by air pollution in this country, particularly traffic pollution, have increased dramatically. So that that is surprising. The reason is, in essence, is because the science has moved on, so we know more about it. So it isn't that suddenly more people are getting sick and dying from air pollution. It's just that we are now able to identify those people a bit more and understand uh, the science behind it. And it's mainly because this time nitrogen dioxide has been included. So we've added an extra pollutant in. Uh, It's consistent with findings that are coming out overseas, and the science has been peer-reviewed. So we have good confidence in the science, but the numbers are dramatically higher of people dying and getting sick and missing work and all sorts of other things from air pollution.
0: So it was nitrogen dioxide pollution that was added into this study that wasn't accounted for in the previous two studies, is that? That's right, yeah. And nitrogen dioxide pollution is caused from internal combustion engines, cars which use petrol.
1: Yeah, that's right. Petrol and diesel. So it's 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 mainly vehicles. So in the previous studies in New Zealand, um, they the main source was actually domestic wood burning. So particularly in South Island, the new one now says we've still got the wood burning, um, which is getting better because we're we're better at heating our homes. But we now know that there are more people being affected by traffic than we thought before.
0: The study clarified quite um, clarified the huge amounts of harm that's been done to human health in various city centres around the country. It's also got. It's 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 helped estimate how much it's actually costing New Zealand. Fifteen point six billion is the estimated total of, of what it's costing Kiwis, um, in terms of uh, addressing the air pollution, um, yep. harm. Um, do, do you think that this? comes as a bit of a surprise to, to most ordinary kiwis you know it feels like new zealand has this reputation of being a clean air country and especially when you look at cities like beijing or la with you know smog yeah. filled city centers
1: i think it will be a surprise because we didn't know the number was so big um it probably shouldn't be a surprise when we think about we, we don't have a particularly clean vehicle fleet we have incredibly high rates of car use compared to other many cities in the world and unfortunately in some of our cities we have you know the the environmental conditions are, are such that the pollution kind of hangs around so we we some of our cities are the we don't have huge wind um problems so that the, the the pollution stays so it is a surprise but it probably shouldn't be if we really mm-hmm. logically thought about it
0: and so what what's to be done if 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 petrol cars are the issue is it as simple as just getting people out of them and into electric ones and if that's the case, can you can you address some of the scepticism that people have around electric cars, namely the environmental impacts of lithium batteries, maybe, or yeah. or the you know requirements of the electric grid to, to to sustain the demands of electric vehicles?
1: Yeah. So I guess in the first part of your question, the, the good news is that in many ways the policies that are coming out to deal with greenhouse gas emissions and climate change are the same policies that are going to sort out this issue of of nitrogen dioxide and other um, pollutants. So if we pursue the policies to reduce our emissions for climate change, we're actually doing the same thing. We're improving air quality generally. One of the things about um, climate change policy is that we've identified in that that we can't just shift all our vehicles to electric. We actually need to change the way we travel and try and travel less. So the good news, again, is if we if we follow those policies, we actually do, you know, that, that that's a good outcome. So one suggestion for the climate change work is that we've actually got to reduce um, our vehicle kilometers traveled by 20%. So we've actually got to work at home more, which, of course, which many people are doing. We need to walk and cycle more and use public transport. So that's the good news. Yes, there are still that's, – that's why, of course, it's, it's also good not to just shift entirely to electric vehicles because the electric vehicles, as you alluded to, have other disbenefits in terms of um, lithium in batteries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there's multiple benefits of not just shifting entirely to electric. My understanding is that we probably – we're in a good position in New Zealand in terms of moving to electric because the vast majority of our electricity produced is green electricity. So it is solar, winds, and um, hydro, of course, is the main one. Um, and we can produce more, and we can increase our efficiency of, of using power, et cetera. So that one we should be able to deal with. The lithium one, batteries are becoming more efficient. The, they're being produced with less of those sorts of compounds in. So I think over time what you'll see is as more vehicles shift to being electric, the efficiency of the batteries will improve. And there are also there's also a lot of work looking at what to do with batteries when they finish their life about reusing them in different ways. So some of those things, yes, they're things we should be concerned about. But as we shift to that more, they'll become less of issues because <laughs> the technology is getting better.
0: So Simon, you're the Ministry of Transport science advisor, is that right? That's right, yeah can you give us a bit of an idea about some of the policy suggestions that you've made to the ministry and 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 have we begun to see any real tangible change in in the areas of transport um and on top of that i understand that you're a bit of a proponent of cycling what is the the ministry of transport doing much to get people on two wheels
1: yeah i mean what you'll have seen the last few years is increased amounts of spending on 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 cycling cycle infrastructure so there are Historically it's been left to local councils to do that. And increasingly the central government is saying we will fund significant proportions of that spending. And I think the thing about cycling is it is it, it, it it's a good mode of transport because it is low emission. It's also good for physical activity, it's good for community, it's good for noise, it's good for congestion, it's good for a whole bunch of things. And we have relatively low rates of cycle use in this country and there's lots of potential to increase that. And it doesn't mean that cycling is going to be suitable for every journey for every person. But if we can get those people doing short journeys, they do every day where they're just going to university or to school or to work, if we can get some of those onto bicycles. We get really good outcomes. Mm. But we have to acknowledge that they're certainly not, you know, you're not going to get tradies taking, mm. going to their building sites across town on bikes at the moment. Mm. Um, and we shouldn't pretend that they're the people we're trying to. But what we should be doing is getting lots of students going to university, lots of kids going to school, people traveling to work on short journeys. Um, going by bike. And the thing about that, we know that the biggest barrier, and you, and the research supports this, is that people say they need to feel safe. And they don't feel safe on the road. So we, we do need to invest in infrastructure that makes people feel safe, because we know if you do that, you get more people cycling. And it's pretty simple. And it's relatively cheap, certainly compared to the cost of, of building roads, which is far more expensive.
0: mm. In terms of just seeing kind of a different future for transport use in New Zealand, what kind of time frame are we dealing with? Obviously, we don't, we haven't been given a lot of time with um, the serious effects of climate change starting to kind of become apparent all around the world. It, it feels like it's more pressing now than it has ever been to kind of uh, totally shift the way we interact with the world, how we travel um, and how we work. And you've said there is going to have to be substantial change. People are not going to be able to travel as much as they used to. Eventually, we're not going to see any internal combustion engines on the roads. Is that as? How far away is that from now?
1: So, you, you, twenty to thirty years, you'll start seeing that. So it takes time, and part of that's part of the challenges. We don't have a lot of time if we want to meet our climate change obligations. And we're seeing just this week, we're seeing. You know, heat waves in, in England. I grew up in England. We never had this sort of heat. It's, you know, we're seeing floods in New Zealand this week. So we're starting to see why we need to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we want to start now. And the, and the other th- reality is that the sort of things we're talking about actually make society a better place anyway. You know, if you can have streets where there's less traffic, there's people cycling, kids can play on the streets safely, that's a really good outcome. We also know that when people walk and cycle, places use public transport. They have they interact with their neighbours. That's good for mental well-being. It's good for resilience. <clears throat> so what we're actually trying to do is say, look, there's some really good things, some really good co-benefits of actually trying to reduce our reliance on single occupancy vehicles that that produce greenhouse gases and air pollution. So. We're just trying to, I mean, in many ways, if we can do this right, the, the world's a better place. Mm-hmm. But it is challenging because some people say, I have no choice, I have to travel this way, and that's why you have to invest to make the alternatives look attractive.
0: That's about all um, we have time for, Simon. Thank you so much for joining me and helping kind of outline this idea of, 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 of a better society that we can all create for ourselves. if we, um, Yeah, if we meet these climate targets, if we change the way we uh, yeah. move around. And, and, and in some ways, it's, it's quite exciting to see how, how we can change cities for the better.
1: Absolutely. It's exciting. I think and it is about making the world a better place and also a healthier place and a, and a better place all around. So, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, now, Steve, that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.